This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. What do we do? Five centimeters of snow today? Minimum. Ten. Ten. From there, let's go down to what, 82 degrees Fahrenheit in Delray Beach? Doesn't he live in PEI? Why no. is he always in Florida? Because he's spoiled rotten. Columbus, That's why. Columbus paid well, Because huh? there's only a few people in life that get to uh, get their cake and eat it too. And one of them's our next guest, Doug McLean. You okay? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Well, your your guy your guy there on the phone that does the phoning. What's his name? Sam. Sam. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sam says. Sam says thanks. Sam says, Sam says thanks for joining us. I said yeah. I said it, it's just great. I've got nothing else to do on a Friday afternoon, a quarter to four, except <laughs> join you guys. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking right now at the umbrellas on the beach, and I just got a beer out of the fridge, and I'm going to walk over there. And try to relax for an hour because I got to do another radio thing in Boston at five thirty. Like I thought, I retired. What the hell is everybody bugging me for? Go ahead. What do you want? Because <laughs> that's what we want. We want to bug you. It's you, you just don't get to relax the rest of your life. I'm sorry. I I, I can't accept that. No. As long as Kipper's working, he feels like you have so, to. So yeah, we're going to get into the Leafs and a few other things, but uh, we did hear um, from Alex Ovechkin and. and you know what's going on um, around the world, and I'm just wondering, as a as a president and general manager, if there were often finding your athletes or your players in tough predicaments. And let's face it, Alex is in one right now. I mean, is there anything that you could ever? I, I know there's nothing out there that you could ever compare it to, but does it make you feel for for a player? If you were the general manager, the owner, of the Washington Capitals, would you would you have a a feel for the predicament that Alex is in right now? You know, it's really a, it's a scary situation. And Alex, you know, is, has been a supporter of Putin and that's been well-documented, but I liked his comments today. I, I really did when he said, you know, no more war. I mean, the country we live in, we've got to live in peace. I, I thought he handled it well. I saw Panarin's comments yesterday. He wasn't shy about giving his feelings on Putin and in a derogatory, in a negative way. And, you know, that's just how he feels. But it's, it's pretty tough when athletes are asked to comment on happenings in their, in their homeland. I, you know, because I, I just think it's, it, it's so weird for us to have to comment on things like invading countries. It just doesn't happen. But listen... I remember when I was a general manager, I, I, I had issues with the mob in the local cities that were getting in tight with players, you know, whether it was a Czech mob, whether it was a Russian mob getting in tight with our players. It was a, it was a concern. It was always a concern. I mean, I was in Detroit in the heyday of getting guys out of Russia with suitcases full of money. It was, a, it was, it was kind of a scary time, you know? 
Yeah, it's certainly less common in today's NHL, and I understand why a guy like... It's weird when John... I think Tavares was asked about it at one point. It's like, what's John Tavares going to say? But Ovi, it seems super relevant. Do you think how this is all played out is going to negatively affect his legacy, whether here or in Russia? You know, I don't don't think it will or does. I mean, look, they're going to ask him about it. What, you know, I, I don't think it should affect his legacy at all because he's born in Russia, because he happens to be friends with the president. But the president has got a horrible reputation worldwide. And I think, you know, you may be wise to separate yourself from that, if at all possible. Because to me, I don't know that it ever ends well. You know, I don't know if it does. Look, I, I remember... I mentioned this to Kippy. I remember sitting at a bar in in uh, Czech Republic when I was at the World Junior, and I was working for Detroit. And the three Russians were sitting at the bar, and they said, uh, "You're you're with the Red Wings. You're with the Red Wings." And I said, "Yeah, I'm with the Red Wings. I'm sitting in a bar having a beer. Like I'm not like right. out in the you know." And they said, uh, "We'd like to kill you." And I thought, I think I'm going to go up to my room, you know. So, Check, so, please. So I went up to, my, I mean, I went up to my room. So then, a couple of years later, we were in the process of getting Jerdev out of Russia because we drafted Jerdev, and you know, we thought everything was great, no army restrictions, and then all of a sudden, he was in the army. And I call. I remember calling Jim Clark, my assistant GM, into the office. I said, "Jimmy, I said uh, one of us have to go to Russia to negotiate to get Jaredev out." And I said, <laughs> "Since they mentioned to me in the bar and check they were going to kill me, I think maybe I'll send you over." Oh yeah, good <laughs> so, friend. So, so of course Jimmy was over there for like three weeks negotiating. <laughs> I love and, that he's you know, seriously the blue jackets. Oh yeah, he did. The blue jackets. The blue jackets ended up pain between the NHL and the Blue Jackets, a million two to get Jared out of Russia. They, we had negotiated $650,000 to get him out of Russia. And the NHL was going with to, with the government, the army, with the club, the whole shebang. And they, the NHL was going to split it with us. And all of a sudden, Jimmy phones me from Russia and says they want a million two fifty. The NHL were sticking with their 300 they were giving in, so we ended up, it cost 900000 to get them out of Russia. I mean, it was a circus. Well, you guys drive a hard... This whole thing. Like, <laughs> they said 1.2, and you, you said, all right. You, have, you drive a hard bargain, boy. Where yeah, was that, no, no, where was was that negotiation anyway. for me when I was dealing with NHL clubs? Yeah. Jimmy said he was out in a warehouse, out in uh, in some rural area of Russia with a in a warehouse a vacant warehouse doing the negotiating. I said, Jimmy, just get let's we'll get the money, get your ass home. So anyway, it was weird. And I mean I had a I had a I used to go to Russia twice a year and I had the Russian scout and the guy said he's a good scout. I said, no, no. He's my chauffeur and bodyguard. That's what he is. And we'll pay him whatever he needs. He's what six anyway, five? He's a big boy. Artem. Artem was his name. Uh, um, if, if, anyway, if you're okay with what Ovechkin said, different. if you're okay with what Ovechkin said today, that's one thing. But at the very least, if you were the general manager or, or the owner of the Washington Capitals today, wouldn't you at least say, hey, Ovi, maybe you want to take the picture down off your Instagram with Putin? 
Would you at least yeah, ask him to do that? I, I think you've got to handle this as, as, as well as you can and appropriately as you can because this is this is a worldwide issue. With, with this isn't this isn't fun. This is people being murdered and being killed, and you know it's got to be handled appropriately. And I think Ovi's got to be careful here, as does Panarin and any of these Russian kids. It's just you know it's a dangerous time. I mean, look, we, we've all heard the stories about the Russian mob affecting NHL players over the years and demanding things from them. This isn't new. This has been going on for years, just that it hasn't been written about. Well, we can all agree with Ovi. We want this thing over. We don't want war. Um, yeah, you want to believe it. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on to uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and uh, their win last night. And what were you able to get out of it? Uh, on the surface, hey, that's a a playoff-built type of team. They kept it uh, low-scoring, almost playoff type of uh, maybe uh, pace at times because it, it could shut down easily in the playoffs and you got to play a patient game. Is that what you saw of the Leafs last night? I, I liked the game last night. I, you know, look, it was a hard-fought battle. It was a playoff-style game. Here's what I didn't like. I don't like in the biggest game of the year – which probably was their biggest game of the year. And we as coaches and GMs say that like 30 times a year. It's the biggest game of the year or 80 times a year, we say it. But you have to start your backup goaltender in a game that's a must-win at home because you're stumbling and because you're feeling the heat. And you have to start your backup goalie. That's not a good vibe for me. But it worked. Oh, no, Morassic. But it worked. And maybe Morassic. Yeah, it worked. And and Morassic, I mean, it worked because I saw at least five grade eight chances that they missed the net on and missed open corners on. So yeah, it worked. They won the game. But the fact that it, I, 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 I'm nervous about the fact that, that Morassic right now, this late in the season is their go-to guy in a must win. So they played well. Matthews was unbelievable. Deserves like the play he made on that goal, the takeaway and the play to me, and Bunting even made a great play. I just look. I, I thought it was a hard play, hard played game by the Leafs, and full marks to them. But I, I'm still nervous about. I'm not sure. I like their third line. Everybody raves about these two, this Case and Cass or whatever his Cash. name is, and these guys. I, I, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about that line at playoff time. I'm nervous about their back end, and now I'm. You know, I've been nervous about their goaltending. And so they got some things they got to sort out here, and they got a cap problem with Muzzin. Well, they got a good cap problem, maybe. Yeah, and they're they're going through the sorting out process of what they have and who they can move. And part of that is uh, tomorrow night they have brought up Nick Robertson, who's going to play uh, for the Leafs. Now, from what I hear in the American League, uh, it's not like he's been setting the world on fire. Eight points in nine games, I think. It seems a potential that it may be a showcase type situation. Did you ever uh, experience that in your time where you're dressing a player purely for the opposition's sake to say, look at this guy, we've got him up, he's actually pretty good, or does that very rarely happen? No, I think it, I think it, you you have discussions with your coach at times that hey, you know, let's give this guy. I've got you know, I know people are looking at him. Let's let's try to prop him up a little bit with the opportunity to move him. Um, I never really had the situation where I'd bring a guy up from the minors to prop him up. Um, but I did have, because we were an expansion team my whole time as a GM, essentially. So 
we were propping up lots of guys to move because we did a lot of small deals. No, mm-hmm. you know, as a GM, I really didn't do big deals. I did a lot of small ones, and mainly it was to save money. But, you know, propping guys up is part of the package. And Robertson, I mean, with the type of team they have right now, he, he's, he probably is a movable asset right now, especially when people are looking for a pick and a prospect. He's he's a good uh, he's a good asset to have right now, and I don't I don't see where he fits with the Leafs. I, I still don't see that. And I kept watching them last night, thinking, how do they fix this team to be a Stanley Cup contender? And Nylander has been so good, and Marner's been so good. Who out of that top four can they even consider turning this around to get a great a number you know a top top defenseman? I I don't know how they fix it to be a real contender. I hope they can do well at playoff time, but it's the same thing we've been talking about for four or five years with that big four up front and the money tied up in them. It makes it really challenging. We've got Elliot Friedman coming up in about 15 minutes. He dropped the name JT. Oh, he'll know what to, he'll know what to do. He'll know what to do. <laughs> hey, don't, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. He dropped the name J.T. Miller. And I think probably a month ago, he wouldn't have done that. But it's been leaning towards what's going on with the second line here. We know that the Marner and Matthews and, and Bunting have been carrying this thing for two and a half, three weeks now. And whether or not it's true, whether or not they're, they're shopping for J.T. Miller... The bigger picture is a lot of people are starting to think they need somebody else. Would would you even well, compare it yeah, to when know, the, the help that they need on the blue line? I, I don't, I, I don't, you know, Kerfoot's about is a, is a useful guy. I, I get that. I, you know, I, I, I think he's a useful player. I, I just don't see him as a top six guy. That's just me. I, I don't see it. And I, and I look at that that lineup, and with the way Tavares is sputtered with not scoring, he needs some help. J.T. Miller would be a great pickup, a great pickup for a lot of teams because he plays a playoff-style game, and he can put decent numbers up. But to me, their number one priority right now, their number one priority has got to be the blue line, and maybe they need more than one guy. And I'm also, as I said, I'm still they, – they got no choice, I guess, but to go with Campbell, but – I'm nervous about their goaltending, but maybe he'll prove that he's a, he's a real number one this year in the playoff time. Yeah, Doug, when I hear you talk about the big four and who you can move, like the one guy you know you can't move is Tavares, $11 million, no move clause, yada, yada. No, no, you can't. But I do wonder, um, not for this year or, or anything imminent, you know, about the asking of people to, to waive no move clauses. And if you ever had to do it, I just can't imagine how uncomfortable and weird, like I can't imagine them two years going to John being like, thanks for coming here, but uh, would you, would you mind going somewhere else? Well, he, he, you know, the other big challenge that, you know, I know Nick has talked about it and, and obviously you're well aware. I mean, what's Marner and Matthews got for term left here? Like what is going to happen in two years' time. Two two more years. When, yeah, Matthews is right. unrestricted so and what, three what, for Marner. So what happens then when you're in this situation? So, yeah, Jason, you're right. You're, you're going to have to – is Jason or Justin? You're going to have <laughs> Whichever to – Whichever you want, bud. You're going to have to – yeah, I'm kidding. You're going <laughs> to have to – by the way, I read an article you wrote the other day. It was about the identity of a team. Please and tell I, me I was good. Actually, I enjoy it. 
I enjoyed it. I, I think you're a great writer. Well, thank you, um, Doug. Uh, anyway, so Thanks, I, I just think that <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that you know there's some critical decisions, and that's why with the, with the Matthews unrestricted see, looming in two years' time, it it what where do you go with Tavares? You're right. You're right. Where do you go? And Nylander has been so good. But, I, I mean, it just comes back to the same thing we've talked about for five years, about this big four. That's where it goes back to. And it's been a problem for Dubas since day one. And have they won a playoff? Well, I guess they, have they won a playoff round yet as a group? I uh, know. Could, could Leaf fans yeah. and our Sammy be a little bit more excited if, if now you're looking around and you're seeing the Florida Panthers with a little bit of a hiccup and maybe they're asking who – who's their number one goalie, and Bobrovsky's got a reputation for being great at times during the regular season and disappearing. So, um, I don't know, is it is it wide open in the East, uh, or is Tampa well, your I'll team? You, I'll tell you where it's not wide open is Tampa's goaltending because, right. you know, this guy is, is that good. Bobrovsky would make me nervous. The only thing with Bobrovsky, and let's be fair to him, in Columbus – he didn't have a whole lot of uh, run space. I mean, he, he was, it was one goal games. It was two, one, it was three, two. He didn't have a lot of, you know, extra goals coming. Whereas this Panther team are capable of scoring. Can they do it at playoff time? Will they get shut down? He needs run support, but Broski this year in the playoffs is going to need run support to, to get his feet wet and, and have a little success early on. Uh, we know he's a great goaltender, but he, he needs run support, and I'm telling you, he gets it with this team right now the way they score. So they weren't very good last night, but um, Columbus battled. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't want to play the Panthers in the first round, I'm telling you that. I would not want to play them. And I wouldn't want to play Tampa. Can they? And they're going to play one or the other. Do Simple you, as that. Yeah. Do you, do you think it's possible – to make up for your lack of physicality with a deadly power play, like the Leafs have the best in the league, is it possible the teams will say, ah, we're not going to be as physical or, you know, we're a little hesitant to go in the power play or on the shorthanded against them? Well, it is, it is, it is a key factor and a key thing in the regular season. But in the playoffs, we don't see the same amount of, of power plays. We don't see the same amount of penalties called. And we see a lot better do-or-die penalty killing at playoff time. So that makes me a little bit nervous. But the power play is always a critical component of your game, and it's always a great threat. But, you know, it's, it's, it, I, I keep watching their power play, and I think, gee, like, they want to play. Like, how many years do I have to watch a cute power play versus I watch – Tampa's power play and it's cute, but when they, what you know what their cute power play does? They tee up the puck, whether it's Stamkos, Kucherov, or Hedman. They're teeing the puck up every time they have a chance of getting it to the net. So you know, cute power plays have a, a tendency to really struggle at playoff time. So we'll see. Are uh, is a team like Florida as aggressive for a blue liner as we hear? Do you think there's a chance that they will go after somebody else like a Jacob Chikrin? I, I think that they will be very, very disappointed if they don't get Chikrin. And I think Chikrin will be very, very disappointed if Florida don't get him. 
<laughs> I, I guarantee you he I guarantee you he wants to go there or come here, I should say, and I guarantee they want him. Now, can they make the deal and can they give up whatever they want? I mean, look, the kid has not had a very good year. But, you know, he's got potential. I mean, he was better last year. This year he struggled. I mean, how do you play well in that mess? I, I, I don't know how you'd ever play well in that mess. But, you know, but it's it's tough on him. But he's a young guy with a decent salary that would be a nice fit with a lot of teams. And is he a top two guy? No, probably not. But he's a real good four, five. I think four is, a, is the top end for me. Hopefully a three if you pay a big price for him. Pretty smooth. But they want him. I guarantee you that. Pretty smooth segment today. You didn't. You didn't lose an earpod or anything. Um, but you know, yeah, look, I've had a tough day. I get in the elevator today. I'm coming. I come home from the. Actually, I did. Uh, I did a weight training session. Today. I did yoga yesterday, and today I did a weight training session. And I get in the elevator, and my 87 year old. Uh, Lady lives above me is on the elevator floor is on the elevator floor with her groceries. Oh boy! And I have to help. I and I and I'm there work with her trying to get her. You know, and she I, they took her away in an ambulance. So I was there. So I spent an hour with her waiting for the ambulance to come. So I'm Aww. hoping she's going to be okay. Well, she's we are too. She's a wonderful lady. It's going to be a funny but, story. Uh, and now it's like it, it's not it, it it's not all peaches and cream here you know i mean i do do some i you know i got some tough things i have to deal with as well here you know but jill's been <laughs> away for two weeks jill's been away for two weeks so i've been here as a bachelor for two weeks and it and the old lady her, left some groceries on the floor so doug's eating he's fine <laughs> I, I i miss i miss jill but you know it's you know anyway and i'm going to columbus next week i'm going to meet jill in columbus for rick nash night so i'm kind of excited about that Anyway, I know you guys got to go and get Elliot on. There's, there's not a chance she faked the whole thing just to spend more time with you, is there? <laughs> no, she's got a bad. She's got a. I think she's got a dislocated hip. Oh, okay. Anyway, well then there goes, there, there, goes, anyway, there, there goes that joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you weren't that funny there either. But anyway, listen, I know you got to get me off the air so you can have Elliot on. <laughs> and, uh, We're gonna help Elliot get more clicks. You, as I've always said to Elliot, I know everybody. He's in his thirty-two thoughts. He lists a thousand people in his thirty-two <laughs> thoughts. And I said, I used to say to him, Elliot, I know you've got to list all those people because they're your sources. So you, everybody's name you read in thirty-two thoughts, they're a source of Elliot's. I haven't, that hey, hey, I haven't read your name once in that thing. <laughs> No, never, not once. <laughs> it's never been in there. All right. <laughs> oh no! When I got fired, when I got fired, he said, "Good luck." <laughs> Good. And <laughs> you haven't heard from him since. See ya. See you later. <laughs> no. Take care, guys. Doug McClain. See you, Doug. Thanks. Oh, now I feel horrible. Well, oh my was, God! What a radio hit! I I was all over the map. Jerdem <laughs> get out of Russia. Yeah, just <laughs> the Russian mafia. Oh the old lady's God. got a broken hip. <laughs> does I, he know we're on the air? I'm, I'm glad we're not on, on YouTube yet, so no one can see my expressions. He just thinks we're just having beers amongst the four of us. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, oh. one one more thought before we go to break. Um, Zuccarello, you mentioned this, mm. and I remember it at the end of the game on uh, the empty net goal. Zuccarello just goes flat out and just trips <laughs> Kerfoot. I, people were bent out of shape. I loved it. And 
Like, and Kerfoot's giving him that look, but, and nobody wants to go up to Zuccarello. I mean, Zuccarello's five foot nothing. Go up and, t- and say, listen, um, I don't appreciate you tripping me. Somebody. I would have gone up to him. Say something to him. If you're on the ice and that, like, listen, I, my perspective on that is I loved it. And, you know, that's just a guy who wanted to win a hockey game that was mad. It's an, it's an expressive sport. That's, yeah. It's okay. It's not yeah. the end of the world. No one got hurt. He was pissed off. He tripped him. But, but it doesn't come so, natural. It doesn't come no. natural to the Toronto Maple Leafs to go up to Matt Zuccarello and say, don't trip that guy but or else I'm going to jam my stick down your me throat. Is I grew into it, though. Like, I was that way where it didn't come natural to me to be frustrated or, to like, I didn't want to confront people as a player. But as I got older... Yeah. I grew more comfortable being like, you know what? You can't treat me like that. Somebody like, could I have skated somebody, over. My point is, is it possible that these guys, some of these guys grow into that F you a little I bit? I don't know. Were oh. you one of those guys in like grade three when you looked at the other guy and you say, one more time, I'm going to the principal? No, I say one more time and I'll apologize to you for whatever it is you're doing to me. I, See, I don't, I'm not going to the principal. I'm, I'm taking care of it myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to grow into that a bit. Yeah. All right, let's grow into a, a break here. And uh, then we bring on the great insider, Elliot Friedman. And I'm giving him some hard rules on this show. Let's do it. That more after the break. You're listening to Real Kipper and Born. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Kipper, it's Justin Bourne back. Real Kipper and Bourne. Waiting on Elliot Friedman, Sportsnet, Hockey Night in Canada, NHL Insider, Trade deadline less than a month, three weeks. So let's bring him in. Hello, Elliot. Hey, guys. How you guys doing? We're good. How are you? Good, thank you. Just out shoveling. See, this is, this is where I have to start with I'm sorry. I'm going with some hard rules. We, we, we know you and we love you on what's you got about six or eight podcasts right now all with <laughs> jeff merrick named various things we don't have no idea about but the one thing that your your followers and listeners are telling our listeners is if elliot's coming on the show yeah we, we need some hard rules here like no drinking water from a plastic bottle <laughs> no typing text messages with uh-huh. the keyboard sound on Okay. No making food in the microwave and then hearing the ding sound, Elliot. <laughs> I can assure you the only thing you're going to hear right now is shoveling, Nick. I'm out in the driveway and I'm Elliot, shoveling right now. Every Saturday night we hear you shoveling. <laughs> I, this is what's called show prep. <laughs> well, thanks for making time because if you're not shoveling or, or microwaving, you're... Trying to call teams to find out what the hell's going on. So how close are we from something big happening again three weeks out of the trade deadline? You know, and Nick, I, I think, like I said, I think action's picking up, Nick. I, I think the biggest problem we have is that there's more sellers than there are buyers. Mm-hmm. So the buyers are sitting there and they are waiting, trying to wait some of these guys out. Like I, we've talked about this a couple times now about how like for all those USAD that are out there, they're trying to get what Columbus got last year, which was a first and a third for David Savard. And these teams are saying, you know what? Like we think that's a ridiculous. 
And B, they're also saying, well, you know, if I don't like the price from you, I can wait until I get the price from uh, I, 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 I can see if I can wait and get the price from someone else. So I think that it's, it's a bit of a poker game right now. And everybody's kind of sitting back and waiting a bit. Fridge, uh, I think it was last night or early this morning, 32 Thoughts came out, your your written column uh, titled, Could the Predators Trade Philip Forsberg? Um, yeah. You know, obviously that's a massive name. I think he's at 26 goals. Well, what's the likelihood of that happening and some potential destinations for him? For God's sakes, get a heated driveway. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I have to get into the Kiprios tax bracket for that. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that this all came because of uh, Andy Strickland, the reporter in St. Louis, the other day. He reported that they were uh, shopping uh, Forsberg. And when that comes out, you know, we all got to chase, right? Because that's a big deal. And I don't necessarily think that uh, Andy's wrong that he could be traded. I just don't think it's going to be now. Like, like I, I think the Predators and Forsberg kind of know where this, where this is going to end up. That they, went, they signed Matt Duchesne and... Ryan Johansson's $8 million a year deals. And those guys weren't longtime predators like Forsberg was when they got those deals. And they signed Yossi to a deal that's 9.059. And I don't think Nashville's going over that. I think Yossi's their number one guy. So what I think we're in the middle of now is the predators and, and uh, Forsberg trying to get be- that number between eight and nine zero five nine and what it is and what the structure is and how the no trade protection is going to work. And I think like David Paul has been around a long time and Nick, you know him as well as anybody. He's a grinder. JP Barry, who represents Forsberg, the agent, he's been around a long time. He's a grinder. And these guys are going to grind each other to get the best possible deal. I think there's optimism that, that they're going to get it done. I just think you have to grind your way to get there. And I don't think he's getting traded, Justin, until we get to a point before the deadline where maybe David Poole thinks, I can't sign him. Even the if reason he, 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 uh, sorry to, not to cut you short, Elliot. Even if he can't sign him, mm-hmm. the optics of a Nashville Predator organization in that community that's used to now yeah. making playoffs and going, they won't understand trading him for a pick. Uh, a first-round pick and a prospect. I think there's a yep. tremendous amount of pre- pressure to David. Almost, even if you can't sign him, you rent him. No different than Carolina rented Hamilton and then yep. watched him go to New Jersey in the offseason. I think these guys are staying. I, I can't see him moving Forsberg for uh, for a chance to miss the playoffs or not do well in the playoffs. The only reason I think there's a lot. The only reason I would disagree with you on that, Nick, potentially. Is that David? As that David Poyle has shown in the last couple of years, that he is not afraid to make unpopular decisions. You know, you you look at the Shea Weber deal, you look at the Victor Arvidsson deal before this year, you look at some of the other moves he's made. Like some of their fans didn't like that stuff, and he still did it. Now, I think at the end of the day, like, I really think that if they go into the deadline and, and Poyle doesn't think he can sign Forsberg, I do think there's, I, I think the chances go up that he trades him. I do. Reed, another uh, big name that you've mentioned, uh, you and I had the 
luxury of uh, working together on Tuesday night, and you mentioned JT Miller as someone who interests you, someone that you thought would be an interesting ad for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, now, would that be specific to the Leafs having Muzzin on LTIR? Is he someone they could possibly fit in if he's not on LTIR? Um, yeah, I, I guess I'll leave it there. Yeah, I don't think they could without it unless they decided not to do anything else. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, uh, honestly, Justin. Like, I do think it's something the Maple Leafs have considered, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I, I think they feel that they have other priorities that they have to deal with besides that, particularly if Muzzin can't play, and we all hope he can. I, I just, like I, like I said, I think it's something they considered. It's something that could probably only happen if LTIR and a contract went out with, in, in a deal or another deal to make it work. Um, but I don't think it's Toronto's number one priority. And even though I think he's exactly what they need and he would be uh, beloved here, uh, I, I just don't think it's, it's something that they really feel they can do. I think they feel they have to address the blue line and potentially goal first. Uh, a year ago, over a year ago, I suggested Nick Robertson get moved for Sam Bennett, and I got yep. crushed, absolutely <laughs> crushed. Now everybody's under the... Uh, Impression that Nick Robertson's playing Saturday night to be showcased. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I don't think that's impossible. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's impossible at all. Um, you know, I, I've had some... So, Toronto... Like, Toronto's not a lot of draft picks, but they have some prospects that teams like. Teams like Nyes, obviously, and I, I would be surprised if he went anywhere. Um, unless you looked at the trade and said, okay, then I get it. Teams like Nimola, the Finnish defenseman, same deal with him. They have Abrazizi, who played at the uh, Olympics for the U.S. with Nyes and really played well, and I think his stock is rising. And there's Robertson. And, you know, the interesting thing about Robert, Robertson is, like a couple of years ago when they traded for Muzzin, the L.A. had a chance to get Lilligren in that deal. And L.A. just said, and I wrote it at the time, they weren't crazy about Lilligrens. They didn't, they didn't have him included. And I, I got a lot of interesting pushback on that conversation. Like some people said the Kings are dead wrong for not liking Lilligren, and other people said I understand why the Kings aren't as high on Lilligren. I'm getting some of that on Robertson now. You know, I, I think one of the problems for him is that he's kind of been a pro now for almost, you know, for a couple of years and we're so impatient, we think that if a guy who's been at this level for a couple of years isn't already in the NHL, then, you know, people are like, oh, he's no good. Um, and I think there's a bit of, I think that's crazy. I'll tell you this. I think he's been passed on the prospect depth chart, but I'll tell you one thing that everybody says, that kid can score. And the other thing I wonder about him, guys, is that, you know, his brother has become such a successful player already in Dallas. I always wonder how that affects a player. You know, like, uh, the, like I don't think it's any jealousy or anything like that, but you kind of see, okay, you know, my brother's really killing it in the NHL, and I'm still here trying to make my impact. How does that affect him and his mental approach and things like that? And I think, you know, at times people have wondered, has he put more pressure on himself because he sees his brother's success and he's waiting to get there? Yeah, his comments recently were interesting. He does seem eager to get to the NHL, um, obviously a huge focus for him. So, you know, with the potential that he could move, 
we're talking about some bigger names coming back if the Leafs were to go into LTIR. One of them uh, that you had mentioned was John Klingberg, which is yep. an interesting one. How serious would the Leafs have been in conversations about acquiring him? I think that they, I like, I, I, I don't know what exactly happened. Somebody said to me that uh, it was written today somewhere that I'd said that they turned down a Klingberg deal. I, I don't think I said that. I think I just said they chose not to go that route mm. at the time. But I do think they were considering it. I, got, I do think it was a possibility, Justin. I, 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 people have told me that, that those conversations were not like just, hey, are you going to trade us John Klingberg? What would you want? Like, I, I think they had a, some reasonably in-depth conversations about it. Listen, so I do think it's possible. I, 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 I listen to all these, these new narratives on what the Leafs need, and I just go back to a big, bigger picture here. And yeah. even if you want to throw the name Klingberg out and, and, and glue it to the Toronto Maple Leafs, where, where, is, he, make, where right? is he going to play on the power play? You just signed Morgan Riley to $7.5 million to what? Now give him the last 20 seconds in the power play because it's Klingberg, it's Tavares, it's Nylander, it's Marner and Matthews. Like, it just doesn't make sense. You know what, Nick? I'll, I'll argue all... I'll argue the opposite point. I'll, I'll play devil's advocate on this with you. I think that's one of the reasons they signed Riley when they did. Number one, they like him and they want him here. And I think they recognize that Riley wanted to be a Leaf. But number two, like, like there, remember last year in game, like in that playoff series, Sandine was on the number one power play for a while. And I think, I don't think that bothered Riley because he was jealous or anything. But I think, you know, it's what you just talked about. You want to be the alpha. You want to be the guy in the playoffs on the number one power play. I think that they did. One of the reasons they did it was also to say, Morgan, we may take you off the number one power play here, but that shouldn't affect you because we just paid you $50 million to show you how much we think of you. So I would look at it the reverse. I would say to him. Morgan, we're going to take you <laughs> off because we need you to play defense or other things like that or be on the ice in other yes. situations, and this makes us better. Yeah, and if and I that's was... That's what I would argue. Yeah, for sure. And, and if I'm Morgan, I'm like, uh, can I not play the... Uh, kill penalties and you pay me eight million now. <laughs> hey, let's go to nine. nine I'll sit on the nine bench. Nine million, I'll be a healthy scratch for you. Too late, you already signed. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Um, That's what I would argue, though. That's what that would be my counter. Well, we're well, we're picking apart the roster here because uh, it's what we do as a Leaf show, after all. There's yeah. no possibility the goaltending could be something where the Leafs say we need we need something better. Right? Like, Jack Campbell's been amazing. Mrazek's coming around. Would they, would they ever look at goaltending, do you think? Why would you say no possibility? Well, I don't know. i just give you the, the open door to just to shock us all. I, I mean, You know the way Dubas thinks. Like, you don't think that he's... Like, I don't necessarily think he's going to do it, but you, you think he hasn't considered it? Like, right. do we need to do that? I find it hard to believe he wouldn't at least think about it. No shortage of names out there, I think, right? Oh, you know, we're changing I have the whole lineup it. now. <laughs> yeah, we're just a new team. We love this team. I believe in the core, but we need a new goalie. We need defense, and we need a forward. <laughs> so we're going in with J.T. Miller, John Klingberg, and Mark Andre Fleury for the playoffs. Yeah. But you know what? That's the thing. Like guys, like, like I'm looking at this right now, and if they if we start the playoffs right now, they're going to play Tampa, right? Ooh. 
And and like you guys know how Tampa is. They're they're like sitting around coasting through the regular season. Who cares as to where we finish as long as we make the playoffs? But like you know, the thing I'm thinking about just imagine how riled up those guys are going to be to play Toronto. Oh, boy. You, you don't think that Stamkos, like getting a playoff series in Toronto, he's going to be like, oh, we're, I get to play at home I'm in front of my family for the playoffs. Oh, my God, that team will be so riled up for that series. You're, you're crushing super fan Sammy on our show right now. <laughs> just take the show off the he's, air. He's very, very So it's, it's over in six weeks, eight weeks. And by the way, we'll expect Muzzin to be as good in the first round as Kucherev was when he came <laughs> off right. long-term IR. And, pa- and Patrick Kane. Yeah, and Patrick Kane. Yeah. And Patrick Kane. Yeah. Uh, Elliot, um, any other teams or names out there that uh you've come across in the last little while uh anything stand out you know obviously i think the big one is Giroux. Mm-hmm. um you know and and i do think another one of the least division rivals you know florida is around that one uh i do um so uh, that would be that would be interesting i think it's colorado too but i think Giroux's the big one I mean, obviously, Vancouver is going to be fascinating to watch. Um, and I'm not convinced Calgary is done yet either. I, I think that uh, I think they look at this as a year where they have a chance to really do some damage, and they believe in their group. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Calgary did some, uh, something else. Uh, we mentioned Klingberg, and, of course, that's with Dallas. The other name, Elliot, we're going to have to keep an eye on, too, is Joe Pavelski. I think he's going to sign. You do, eh? I do. I, I do think he's going to sign. I, I, I think that they're very serious about it. They're not Dallas. I mean, I think they're not fooling around. I think they're going to they're going to make him an offer. They're going to think about. And you know, I've heard his family really likes it there. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's off the market, Nick. So they keep the what the thirty seventh year old, and they get rid of Klingberg. <laughs> well, they don't have to sign Pavelski for eight years. That's the thing. What do you think you they know, give him? Six, seven? Can he? That'll piss off Jason Spezza. <laughs> I don't think Dallas has to worry about pissing off Jason Spezza. You know, you know what? You know who I? You know who I can see going for going where Klingberg? I could see end up long term. Like I watched them last night against Boston. That screams Seattle. You think he'd be interested in that? I, I potentially, yeah. Yeah, money, money talks, right? Money, money talks, and Seattle's going to need to inject some offense, guys. Yeah, they need goals. They need goals, and he can give them goals. How's the shoveling coming along? <laughs> I'm halfway there. You know, you, we you, killed this progress you, for sure. You know, you could pay a kid twenty bucks, and he'd be thrilled to death. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I, I love shoveling. I don't know why. I just love it. Who's, um, who's going to take uh, the picture for your Instagram for you? Didn't you, didn't the, you put one out already? Yeah, because people yeah, – yeah, I'll, I'll get another – I'm still wearing the white sunglasses too, Nick, so that they, uh, they have to come back as well. Elliot, always a pleasure, man. Thanks, Fridge. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. You too. I didn't bust his balls too much, did I? <laughs> I don't know. That's two guests in a row where I've been uncomfortable about like how what's going to happen between Nick, Doug, Elliot. Like, ah, oh. no, it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> um, I agree though. I, I do love shoveling too.
Well, he took a picture and it's put sad, it on Instagram. It's an extremely satisfying activity. It is a couple times, and then it's the end of February, and you've been doing it and doing it and doing it, yeah, and sure. it's less awesome. Sure. You know that uh, that baseball bat we have in in the back yeah. room that we fool yeah. around with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If I ever take a picture of myself shoveling and posting it on Instagram. You take that bat and you crack me over the head with it. I could never do that to you, Kimber. Right. And we'll shovel him out of here. <laughs> I, got a, I got a quick story for you guys. got to ask you a question if you've ever seen this before. Let's have it. Just quick. Last night at my beer league hockey game, uh, there was a controversial goal. Goal goes in. It was 3-1, five minutes left. The goalie on the other side said, if that goal counts, if that, goal, if that effing goal counts, I'm walking off the ice. Refs go, they have a conversation, uh, they have a little chat, you know, very high-level stuff here, D division hockey, very high-level. Goal I mean, counts. leaves. Goal counts. Tendy skates off the ice, no. five minutes left in the game. Did he take his net, too? No, no, he's like, I'm not playing anymore. And the, we got a piece of information. He was a rent-a-goalie. Oh, my God. So he wasn't even on the team. Well, his parents should be ashamed. I, have you ever? Have you guys ever had a goalie walk I, off the I ice? I they didn't pay him. Yeah. You can't pay him, right? That's the <laughs> no. thing. It's like you got to. It was 3-1. It made it 3-1. That is ridiculous. I know. I and couldn't how, believe how, it. How close was the call? It wasn't in. <laughs> it didn't go in. I was so standing was right, right in front of it. He, he was, was right. He was right. He was right. But, you know, the integrity of the game. And Everybody Did you pipe up and say, "Listen, I, I got to no. do the right thing." No, here. we, we got to win the game. But like uh, everyone, everyone was booing. He was skating out the ice to hold. Both teams were booing him. It was amazing. Boo. Uh, that is awesome. Boo. And then yeah. what? Did you just end the game? No, we played. It did end the game, but we played like with one of their guys was like in net with like the That's goalie position. The worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah. I will say, your age, younger, older, older, older. He was older than you. Yeah, he was older. So than he's me. just embarrassing. He's just. A, it was incredibly he's just embarrassing. He embarrassed. A bitter yeah. beer league guy. Yeah. 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 I will say, in playoffs in junior. I sold a goal that never went in and convinced the refs it did. Like really? I got robbed on a play where the goalie reached back and I celebrated and his glove was in the net and they talked about it and gave me the call. It wasn't even close. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, I, I'm on the side of there's no honesty here. You no, no. put one past the refs. If the goalie's gonna if the refs are gonna count it, but yeah. boy, I mean I, not I'm not cheating. gonna go on the refs, but they, yeah. they were not trying. Right? No, yeah. it's legitimate. Correct. If you Whatever you can get up on the board counts. Remember there was that commercial a few years ago with the basketball guy when he like he's like I, uh, he's like, I, I he's touched like, it I, last he's like, I, It was me. I stepped out, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, you're a good guy." If you did that in a real game, they'd be like, "What the hell are you talking about, man?" <laughs> you Shut absolute up! Absolute turncoat. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, all the calls you get wrong over the course of your life, they balance out once. I thought, when you get them. I thought that was a worthy, worthy beer league story to tell you guys. Never seen it before, so. So I, I was supposed to tee up. Text message Friday, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. about an hour and forty minutes ago, and I didn't. <laughs> okay. We we literally never mentioned it. So if you'd like to text five ninety five ninety right now, <laughs> and we will answer JB a question. Well, we we do have um, some on on the Twitter machine that do came we? up. Um, yes, I what have you, one. What for do you have for us? Top European cities uh, for NHL expansion. So if if the league were to go to Europe, where where would the team go? London first is the easy answer. Then probably Minsk. Probably not Moscow. <laughs> Germany. Germany? Yes. Hmm. That's where all the money is. In Germany. So Berlin? Berlin? Anywhere you want. Mm. Just, and next time we have a World Cup, invite them. Germany, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good come, point. Invite them. Come along <laughs> for the ride. Yeah, like, I don't know. Young Guns, World Cup, or Germany? Yeah. I think they would have been a fair invite. Yeah. That was a bad event. Yes. <laughs> but that's where you, that's the money. Have you guys been to Prague? 
I have heard nothing yes. but great things, and yeah. I have not. Yes. I went, my backpack through, this is Sammy uh, storytelling hour, but I backpacked through Europe when I was 18 years old uh, for six weeks. Um, and I went to Prague, and I went to a Sparta Prague hockey game when I was there. Oh, cool. And it was unbelievable. So there's already a fan base there, and they're nuts about it. So they're singing songs. Like, it's, it's a different thing. So there you go. My choice would be Prague because it's an unbelievable city. 10 out of 10. Cheap beer. How would, how would you feel hopping on a charter for a weekend games? You're flying overseas, red eye, going to play a couple. I think that would be really cool. With with hockey-related revenue going up, pretty yeah. awesome. Although, if you're on that team, I guess if you fly over here, you'd play like games a yes, month at a time, play a sure. month at home, month on the road, yeah. Could be done. <laughs> 20, 20 years from now, you think? Yeah, we got fast planes. I think NBA does it first, right? They, they seem to be making the most NFL effort. Always. NFL, actually. They, right? I mean, they, they play a game over there every year. They go to England and play. The, the Jaguars always play. It's too bad because... I don't know why they send with, the Jags. With our history of European players since, what, uh, early 70s? Borea? The Leafs? Like, maybe we should have been the first ones to do well, it. Well, I mean, they do play over there once in a while, right? I mean, like, uh, they... They open oh, the season yeah, those, in random countries for a like while. One-offs. I remember one year watching, I lived in Arizona at the time, the NHL opened its season with a bad Minnesota Wild Carolina Hurricanes game in like Finland or something. And it was like, what What are we doing But they, they started one with with uh, Colorado, right? Where they did, where it was like, remember it was in mm. Landeskog's home? Like, wasn't it Landeskog based that they did it? I can't remember, but they kind of stopped that. That was interesting. Um, question. You like that? Yep. Okay, I got one here for. Great show, fellas. Oh, thank you. Let me play the role of your agent and serve up a fastball. Okay. Do you guys have intentions of being head coach or GM? And even if you don't, which one appeals to you more? Uh, so no. Yes. Um, but I knew that would be the part. The, but which appeals to you more, being a coach? It's not or GM? even close. It's GM by ten thousand miles for me. You, Kipper? Uh, president. President of Hockey Ops? No one's Berkey exactly role? sure what that role is. Berkey role? So great. So what do you do? It's like, don't worry about it. You guys do your thing. I'm presiding. You want that McPhee-Berkey role, eh? That is the ultimate, I yeah. think. You get to be in the right? room to talk about who to trade, but you're not like on Brennan the hook Brennan Shanahan, best mm. job. Yeah. You're the president of the Leafs. President of the Leafs. Pretty good title there. Great looks, title. Good her, looks good in a resume. The best part when you're the president <laughs> of the Leafs is, like, you have the financial clout to do kind of whatever. They're like, yeah, we want to expand this program. You're like, great. Okay. You know, yeah. like, I'm sure in Columbus, Doug had tough decisions to make about money, but Brendan must kind of get to green like a lot of projects. But the most important one, you don't because of the salary cap. Yeah, we can't get players. Like, you want a nicer dressing room, and they've gone down that path. Over the course of what Brendan Shannon has been here like seven, eight years, well, at least it's it's always gotten a little bit better for the players, right? Yep. But now it's like maybe you got to go reverse strategy. Go back make a little the dress bit, make it worse. A little stinkier. <laughs> Don't wash the little, towels the next day. A little austere, a little cold. Right? <laughs> I will say, here's my That's my real answer. Roll, <laughs> try it a different way now. This way you may not be working. Like Too pampered. <laughs> But here's the the dirty little secret about being a head coach. Uh, it sucks. It's a time-consuming, all-consuming job. You are constantly working. You're on the next. You un- know what really sucks the most too is like having to think that how long do I have to stay 
Like if if your head coach is there and you're the video coach and you're like, I can't leave before <laughs> no. he leaves. Uh, no, so no, I got to no. actually stay here yeah. until I see him leave and then I'm going to leave right after. Yes, precisely. But it really, like you think about it, the game ends, the, t- the players are coming in the next morning because it's an everyday job by 10 a.m. and you have meetings. So you have to have watched the game again and decided what to show the team, clipped it, like come up with a meeting by the time the guys come in, I mean, when... So time's the coaching staff leaving after uh, a typical game. So uh, puck drop at seven. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, game over by 9.50. Yeah. I think it depends which side of the day you want to do your work on. Like Babcock and crew, they were in, like, Babs was in in the fives in the morning. Like, he was in early to get in and get the work done right after. Some guys are burnt out after the game. Mm. Yeah, it kind of depends what side you want to do your work at. But, yeah, Sheldon, he was he was an all-nighter guy sometime, which, you know, 80, 82 games in the NHL and you're traveling and everyone's like, yeah, but the plane's nice. Okay. It's still a grind. It's a grind. So, uh Saturday, Hockey Night in Canada, we'd get down to the rink maybe sometimes as early as 9.30, and there would be Babs jogging in the corridor. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it was just Babs wanting to be in great shape or Babs jogging so the media can see him. I always felt like that him. was a show. Yes, <laughs> like media out, out of breath him. for He'd the interviews. he show up, like, pouring sweat off his face, yeah. the bottle, okay, let's go. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Travel safe. <laughs> I watched too many Babs availabilities, boys. I showed up on time for this jog. But I, I like you know, I like the message sending of you. Got to put in, got to put in the work. Yeah. Got to put in the work. Yeah. Bab, Babs put in the work. You can't say. Yep. That. I imagine that there are some coaches, guys who've been around and won cups. I don't know. Is Joel Quenville putting in the same work? Rookie coach like Sheldon Keefe would have been years ago. Probably not. I don't know. But yeah, grind of a job. So. Here's a question that we just got from John and Hamilton. Will Boston go all in at the trade deadline because of Patrice Bergeron? God, hasn't Boston seemed like irrelevant, even though they're not? Like they're we very barely relevant. talk about them. What are they, five points behind the Leafs? Yes. Uh, I'll take a few more now. Yeah. yeah, to answer his question, I I don't know what everyone's perception of all in is. Yes, yeah, right? There's always a line, mm-hmm. but... There is a feeling that Patrice Bergeron has gone out of his way to avoid any contract extension, which Boston wants to respect, but also has to feel like he may not come back next year. So this is that last hurrah with him for sure in terms of we got to do something. We got to do something to give us a chance. Boston feels like they're clinging to it, and it's slipping through their fingers here. So I, I think they do have to push their chips in. Mm-hmm. By the way, Elliot just texted us a DM he got that says, stop shoveling while doing the interview. <laughs> kills me. Oh, yeah. And, like, <laughs> he can't help it. He he has Listen, to do he something. He only has so many hours in a day. I get the feeling of someone asking you to do an interview, and you're like, so I just got to make no progress on my day for 20, 25 um, minutes. But, you know, it's kind of funny. You watch the Leafs now in the last couple of weeks, and like it's for the Boston, it's been Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak, and they've been accused of being a one-line team. Mm-hmm. And But they got Hall there, I guess, in the mix. and Yeah, but... Not, uh, yeah, for sure they brought him in to kind of help that. And there are times when Halls look good, and there's other times. Fel- brought in Felino, he barely plays. Felino's not, not been a success. That's an understatement. 
and uh, Hall, hot and cold. Mm-hmm. I genuinely don't know what Taylor Hall is as a player. Like, you know, he won a Hart Trophy four years ago or something. Longer. Longer? Be longer than that. Uh, and this season, he's only 30 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, 11 goals in 51 games, 36 points. 36 points, 51 games, that's all right. That's kind of what he is. What's the What's the record for longest run uh, waiting to get traded and is debrusque jake debrusque oh my god anywhere near that right now sour stewing away you, you want to get traded 18 buddy we're never trading you <laughs> how's that yeah how's that sound uh it's gonna text you this is an interesting one after watching austin matthews performance last night do you think the least regret not making him captain i don't know i don't know if it's him but I do wonder if they regret it being Tavares, just because it's going to get harder for Tavares if he is in decline to carry the weight necessary. That's a bombshell question, by the way, at uh, yeah, 447 on the, <laughs> the end of our show. But it is. And it now, everybody, and we had Gord Stelic on today, and it's he's in a slump. But is there a chance that, and uh, he's 31. It's not like he's 34, mid 30s. He's still. Should be considered. Yeah, he takes in the care prime. of himself. He's not. But is 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 there an issue with keeping up pace of play now? Has he slowed down well, a little the, bit the in the last few years? The game is getting very very fast. If it's getting very fast, is is part of the sh- uh, the problem here is when he is shooting the puck from 15, 20 feet out, he's standing still. He's not certainly coming through the neutral zone like Matthews last night. Is, is is speed an issue now for Tavares? Quickness. But do you think his performance affects his ability to be the captain? Like, you I, remember, I think Andrew Ferentz in Edmonton, listen, he got to the point where they didn't dress him, and it was like, well, this is awkward. Okay. How many minutes did he play last night again? I don't know. Is I'll tell been, you. Okay. You know? Another 15, a little over 15. That's not, that's not a top player run here. And I think that's four or five games now out of maybe seven or eight or nine that he's played a little over 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's kind of third line center stuff. That's not $11 million top player minutes. What do you think? I said, uh, text you guys the other day, 32 teams in the league times four centermen per team. It's 128 players, 128 centermen. Where is Tavares out of, 128 centermen in the NHL. Is he the Let me just get my calculator be- out here. Is he the 25th best centerman in the league? I have no idea. That's a is very he better, good question. You know, at 11 million, is he the 40th best? No, is he probably, probably closer 20? to the 30 range. Right? He's going to make Team Canada. That's That was not, in the conversation. I'd probably in the 30 range. But that was when he was smoking hot. It was smoking hot at the start of the year. When when they were when he was in that conversation. The point is, that's pretty high numbers we're talking about. To be a, he's probably closer to 20th or something. To be a captain in this league, you have to be a guy leading the charge on the ice. And that's the crux of the conversation. Is that the case? Right. Uh, the last two weeks, he hasn't. Could a, a guy like Chara could be a captain, even though he's not a great defenseman, right? Like, no, like, he can't be a captain now. No. 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 I, not, 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 not. I wonder when, not, answer, not when the answer would have been Matthews when your to be the captain. It's not Riley, dimin- it would have been the other choice. But you remember what happened, right? Well, the Arizona 
pulling the, the pants down. The incident, the mooning thing was they were they were humming and hawing, and it was that was during that week was when they were considering the captain. They were going to announce it. And then a lot of spe- speculation was that they were going to use, it was going to be Matthews, and then the, that incident happened, and they went with, you know. You know, once upon a time, Clark Gillies said, you know, he had, uh, Dennis Poffin had, like, sort of taken over a lot of the leadership and was, it came up, and he gave him the C. Like, willingly was like, yeah, it's, you know, just not, you know, it makes more sense here than with me type of thing. You wonder if Tavares would ever say, look, Austin's your guy here. You know, lessen some of the burden. He's gotten older. He wasn't ready then. No way. No way. No way that Tavares he, he wouldn't, or that it wouldn't make sense to do it. Well, what happened in what happened in San Jose? First of all, you, you'd crush him. It would, unless he initiated. And and he's got three more years. Does he not? Is that all? At eleven, I think it's is it more than that. Like you, you, you'll crush those years. If you say I'm going to be your assistant if, captain, if he well, loses I, the captain, the thing about him becoming a winger come up, like no. I, if he loses sense. the captaincy with still over thirty million dollars on that contract, th- th- those are going to be long years for him. Yes, yeah, just just three seasons left. Just just, just thirty three so, million. I, I love how I just threw that conversation in on a Friday, but I, it's, <laughs> I thought it was an interesting one because the thought did cross my mind too. I will say I get why he's captainly for, for a sure. team. He is respectable and honorable and Definitely. hard worker. And I was, he lead by example. I was really surprised that they just didn't give it to him right away. He's been the captain of the New York Islanders for 10 years. You don't think it'd be weird for a new guy to be the captain? No, I don't. Not, not when John Tavares was a franchise type of player and... Uh, a gold medalist, an Olympic guy. Isn't it funny, though, that the contract is shaping up exactly how you thought it would? Yeah. Like, it was like, we better capitalize in the first three years because who knows what the back half of that deal is going to look like. And we're three and a half of seven, and it's exactly the point where you're like, oh, I think we're heading into the back half here. So is this a a blip, or is this uh, a guy that's uh, struggling to keep up? Blip. Blip. I want your answer. Blip, blip. I think he's really smart. I do too. And I think that'll make the, the, the offense comes from his intelligence to get around the net. And he's, that, that's off. And I, I don't necessarily blame that on the legs, although it is coming. He, he, he's not a glider, guys, when he skates. He's, he's, a, worker. A, he's a worker. He's, it's labor. And there's sometimes. You know, I, I think he's tired, and maybe there's a, a couple of spots where you can actually sit him out a few games if he needs it. Mm. Right now, he has 48 points in 50 games. Yeah, almost a point a game. Yeah. I, I think he's, I think he, he can get hot. You know, I, I agree with you that he's smart and he gets around the net. He'll have runs of games yes. where he puts up big points. Yeah. I think he still finishes at 80 points. Like it's Which is uh, pretty much a point a game guy, yeah. and... So he's, he's never going to be a 100 guy, and he's not going to be a, a 45 anytime soon. So he's he's still in his wheelhouse. Right so now blip. he's got some weird, yeah, a little blip. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. Blip, blip, blip. Let's end it on a Friday blip. with a blip. Blip for everyone. <laughs> Campbell's in a blip. Tavares in a blip. There it's you a go. Blip. The first there round drought to blip too, right? Right, guys? Uh, oh. Better turn into a blip win on Saturday <laughs> night. That's blip all I can tell you. All right, thanks, guys, for a great week. Our thanks to Elliot Friedman, Doug McLean, and Gord Stellick. Give us a rating and review. Tell us what you really feel about the real Kipper and Bourne show. Oh boy.
Our thanks, Derek Brendale, pushing all the right buttons constantly. I'm Nick Kiprios. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, a safe weekend, and we'll be back here on Monday.